0: As the New York Giants cruise through the end of training camp, I have a few random thoughts that I need to get off my chest. I'm going to tell you what they are coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Chana, credentialed media of the New York Giants football club, and I am your host for today's program. Thank you so much for tuning in making us your first listen of the day. Or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Special shout out to my everydayers, my newcomers, and everybody in between. You guys are the best. Seriously, I have the best audience out of all the Locked On Podcasts. I believe I do at any rate. So thank you for tuning in. And today's episode of the Lockdown Giants Podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. On today's Locked on Giants podcast, you know, as I go through training camp, I write things down on my phone in the notes section, little random thoughts that just pop up that. You know, ultimately, I either write a story about or I just save for a podcast. So I put five things together, just, you know, various random thoughts about how the Giants preseason has been going. And before that, you know, it, the off-season. And I want to talk about some of these thoughts um, that I've been writing down here on the podcast. So totally random. You're not going to know what's coming at you. So hopefully you'll, you'll stick around for the whole podcast, check out what I have to say, and let me know what you think, if you agree, disagree, or however. So let's get into it. I'm going to start off with the first couple in this segment. And this one kind of irks me a little bit because of the circumstances. Now, you know, this is about Evan Neal. And everybody talks about how hopefully Evan Neal takes the same type of quantum leap that Andrew Thomas took in year two of his career. And that's, you know, perfectly fine. That's perfectly accurate to say and everything like that. But, you know, I got to thinking about, you know, the diff, you know, Andrew Thomas's rookie season and what went wrong there. And Evan Neal's and the circumstances are a lot different. If you remember with Andrew Thomas, um, came out of Georgia, first round pick, as we know, um, And he went through multiple coaching. You know, the coaching was never consistent with Andrew Thomas in the rookie year. And then you throw in the injury that he had, the ankle injury, which was a problem. And pretty soon you had people wondering why the kid looked like an absolute mess. Well, you had, remember, Mark Colombo teaching him one way, and then Mark Colombo got fired. And then Googs came in, and he was teaching him a different way. And it was just an absolute mess, for Andrew Thomas and I think once they settled on, you know, a, a offensive line coach the following year they brought in Rob, Rob Sale and Thomas had consistent coaching, you know, instead of somebody screwing with his technique all the time. Um the ankle injury kind of resolved itself once he had surgery on it. That's when things started to take off for Andrew Thomas. He started to get better and better and better. So I thought the revolving door of coaching that he had kind of messed messed him up a little bit. Now, you know, he's been consistent. Um, Bobby Johnson obviously knew last year. Year two with Bobby Johnson and Andrew Thomas is just getting better and better and better. Evan Neal, his situation's a little bit different than Andrew Thomas's. So Evan Neal comes in last year as a, a high draft pick, I think seventh overall. He has the same offensive line coach. He goes through injuries and he struggles. Now, I still think with Evan Neal, a lot of his struggles were twofold. The reason for the struggles were twofold. Number one, he was making the flip from the left side, where he played as a senior at Alabama, to the right side. And folks, I know that he played right tackle at at times um, while at Alabama, but he had gone basically the entire year, his, his last year of college, playing on the left side. So when you do something consistently day in and day out, sometimes you forget, you know, or or your muscle memory dulls a little bit doing it the other way. So Evadil comes in and, you know, he struggles. He, he gets the knee injury mid-year, which further adds to it. And now suddenly the kid can't get comfortable. He's not only not comfortable on the right side, but the knee injury is making him uncomfortable. And just, you know, I know the coaches work with him on his stance to get him comfortable and everything like that, but he had his struggles. So now here we are year two. The coaching's still consistent. You know, it's, it's still Bobby Johnson leading the way. And Neil hasn't looked horrible, but again, up and down a little bit early on in training camp before that, you know, he got concussed. Um, I didn't think he looked bad in the preseason game last week uh, against Panthers um, and the practices since he's been back a little inconsistent here and there, but not as, you know, nothing like that makes you sit up and say, Oh my God. But here, here's the thing with Evan Neal, you know, again, yes, the objective is the same as with Andrew Thomas. You want, Evan Neal, a first-round pick, to take that big leap forward. But you know, I I just wonder sometimes if the pressure on the kid is a little unfair. And I by that I mean, okay, look, again, I know he's a high draft pick. I know the expectations are high, as they should be. But sometimes I don't know. Uh, you just question, I guess, the metal of the kid. And if he's able to block out the noise and really work at his game. Now, I believe Evan Neal can do that, but I need to see it, you know, going into, you know, this last game against the Jets, if he plays, which I don't know if he's going to play or not. And then certainly when we get to the regular season, because we can't have the ups and downs, the peaks and the valleys, you know, we've got to have more peaks than valleys with Evan Neal's game. And if we don't, it's going to be a long year for the Giants offense. So that's the first thing I wanted to to just mention um, regarding these thoughts that I wrote down. Now, the second thing I want to mention, this one is probably going to be a little unpopular, but I couldn't help but think this when I was watching the game um, against the Panthers last week, the opening series with the starting offense did anybody notice anything unusual about that series? Did you? I'll give you a second, because I sure did. Give up? There was no Saquon on that entire series. No running game, really, other than Daniel Jones, you know, taking off on a scramble. Now, why do I mention this? Well, all throughout the preseason, we had you know people saying. The Giants offense can't function without a running game. They can't function without Saquon. All right. Now, granted, it was one series. And some people will make the argument that the Panthers are a rebuilding team and they're not very good. But you know what? The Giants offense sure looked good, despite the fact that it didn't really run the ball, despite the fact that Saquon wasn't on the field. And you know it's interesting. And and before I, I get to this point here. Let me just say, I do believe the Giants are a better team with Saquon. But the, what's interesting about it is, is that, and I've said this before, the Giants offense is not solely reliant on Saquon as it might have been in the past. And it just makes you wonder, you know, moving forward, what might happen with, in terms of his value if they have to go through this, you know, whole song and dance again with the contract situation, which they will you know, assuming they want him back after this year. But, you know, again, the big thing I thought was, hey, look, we can be efficient without Saquon on the field. We can score without Saquon. We can move the chains without Saquon. Now, you know, if that was the message that, you know, the Giants were trying to to get across to the critics to silence them, I mean, I picked that up. I don't know if that was done intentionally or what, But, you know, look, to be clear, Saquon is going to be a part of this offense and a big part of this offense. However, he's not going to be the offense. And I know there are still people out there that say, oh, Daniel Jones is lost without Saquon. Well, you know what? Daniel Jones did just fine in that one series. And again, it's one series. You know, you're you're probably saying, rightfully so, show me an entire game going without Saquon. But that was a little taste. And the takeaway, at least for me, was that this offense isn't necessarily reliable or reliant, rather, on Saquon as much as it was in the past. All right. Coming up, I've got more random thoughts that I'm going to share with you, stuff that I just happened to jot down along the way. So don't go anywhere. Hey, Giant fans, if you're looking for the most comfortable pair of pants or shorts that you'll ever wear, then you got to check out Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are not only comfortable, but they'll make you look good, too. Their stretch, cocky shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg and give you a truly sculpted look. And unlike other shorts and pants, Bird Dogs aren't made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Rather, they're made with a cloud knit fabric that looks just like cocky, But stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And best of all, Bird Dogs uses an anti sting sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. My husband absolutely loves his Bird Dogs, and they've become his go to apparel when he's looking to stay cool and dry, be comfortable, and look good. And he likes them. And if he likes them, I know you will too. So check them out today. And when you order, Bird Dogs will send you a free white tech hat simply go to birddogs.com slash locked on nfl or enter the promo code locked on nfl to get your free gift with your order that's birdogs.com slash locked on nfl or enter promo code locked on nfl for your free white tech hat you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you all right everybody welcome back to the locked on giants podcast i'm your host patricia traina and we are just cranking right along. The Giants host the New York Jets in the preseason finale on Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night football, right? Can you think of anything better? And best, best of all, even though it's a night game, it's an early night game starting at six, which means um, I should be able to bring you a podcast um, that night, hopefully. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited about, you know, what's still to come. Then we've got roster cuts. And, folks, I'm working on a roster prediction show, still playing around with the format, whether we go live, whether we do it, you know, pre-tape it or whatever. But I do hope to do one um, for you before, um, you know, in the coming days because that, that's going to be a big show. Maybe we we'll do it on Sunday. But stay tuned. If you're watching on on YouTube, I'll post it on the the uh, bulletin board. And if you're listening to our show, you'll just know when it drops. So, um I'll try and uh, get the word out on my Twitter account if need be. So anyway, we are talking about random thoughts that I just have been jotting down on my phone. You know, just things, little things that I've observed that, you know, just kind of stood out to me that I feel, you know, are worth talking about. And this next one is a huge one as far as I'm concerned. This is really big. And that is the Synergy between the front office and the coaching staff. Now, we we saw hints of it, you know, last year. We've seen more of it in the offseason. And, you know, lately, the co- you know, Bra- Assistant General Manager Brandon Brown spoke about it. Joe Shane has spoken about it. Brian Dable has spoken about it. It's a big deal, folks. And it is the secret sauce to the Giants' success, you know. So if you want to know why the Giants have been so successful, It's the synergy between the front office and the coaching staff. Now, let me go back a little bit here because you're saying to yourself, well, duh, isn't that what they should have? I can go back to the Jerry Reese, Tom Coughlin era, you know, towards the end of of Coughlin's tenure with the team. And there were clear examples in my mind, at any rate, of Reese and Coughlin not being on the same page. For example, you know they they picked um, David Wilson in the first round, a guy that I don't think I never got the impression that the you know the coaching staff really wanted him at that point in the draft. Um, there was another receiver, I think it was Jarrell Jernigan, whom you might recall. You know they they drafted him. I think he was a third round pick, and Jernigan couldn't get on the field for the coaching staff. And then when he did, because of injuries, you remember, I think it was, was it the owner that said it, or it might have been Reese? I can't remember who it was, but somebody said, Well, see, look, he is a good player after all. Yeah, but he didn't fit what the coaches wanted. Travis Beckham was another guy who wasn't really a fit for what the coaches did. You know, so there there, there were a bunch of examples of players being selected that maybe didn't fit what the coaches were looking for in the Reese and Coffin era. The Shermer and Gettleman era, I don't know if, you know, that era didn't run really long and I don't know of any, you know, glaring disagreements, but I can tell you that the Judge and Gettleman era, there were some disagreements. There were some heads clucking together, if you will. Um, Joe Judge wanting certain players and Gettleman overruling him and whatnot. So there were some disagreements there. And you didn't have that synergy. And when you don't have the front office on the same page with the coaching staff, that leads to disaster because now it means the coaching staff isn't getting what it needs to run its system. And the team's going to just flat out stink. All right. And we saw this. We saw this at the end of the Coffin era. We saw this, you know, throughout, you know, unfortunately, the Gettleman era, the Judge era. It was terrible. So in comes the marriage of Joe Shane, Brian Dable. And folks, the synergy between the coaching coaching staff and the front office is literally pristine. And it's so important because look, the coordinators basically outline what they want to do and what they need to do it. The head coach obviously rubber stamps it. And now this goes to... The personnel department to get them what they need. All right. So think of it in terms of the personnel department being like a personal shopper, if you will. You know, you make your list, what you want with the groceries, and you give it to them and say, okay, I don't necessarily care what brand or in this case what school the kid comes from. I don't, you know, just get me a kid who can do XYZ and I'll I'll work with it. There's no forcing of a player that, you know, the, the front office falls in full bloom love with onto the coaching staff. It's a matter of, okay, what do you need? What do you want? We'll get it for you. That's how it should be. That's how successful teams build rosters. That's how successful teams are successful. And it was a missing ingredient for, you know, much of the last decade before Shane and Dable got here, you know, listening to Brandon Brown speak on, um, on Monday, it was just, you know, to hear the, you know, how they, they find these guys, you know, how they, they, they uncover these guys and they say, you know, like Jordan Riley, they were telling us the story about how they found Jordan Riley. And, you know, all of a sudden it was like, Hey, you guys got to come out and see this guy and then all of a sudden now you have Wink being made alert of this, aware of this guy. You have Andre Patterson, the defensive line coach, being made aware of him. And, oh, hey, yeah, this is a, definitely a guy that we could use. So in that case, you you know, it wasn't a matter of, you know, Wink or, or any of the defensive coaches saying, you know, this we, we have to get Jordan Riley. It was a specific skill set they were looking for. And again, it didn't matter necessarily the brand or the school, or in this case, really even the experience, because Jordan Riley really didn't have a whole lot of experience given how well traveled he was. So there was concern he might be a, uh, you know, a developmental project. Well, they went out and they got this kid, you know, because the scouting department vetted him. They did their homework on him. They felt comfortable enough to come back to Wink and the coaching staff to say, hey, We found this kid. We think he's going to be a fit. You take over now. You work him out and you tell us what you think. And voila. I mean, because let's face it, folks, be honest. How many of you had Jordan Riley on your draft boards for the Giants? How many of you had Jordan Riley on your draft board at all? My guess is not a lot. Be honest now. I know I didn't. You know, if I could be honest, I know you can too. So this is what I'm talking about with the synergy, but at the same time, the front office isn't totally, you know, sitting but standing by and waiting for for a word as to what you know direction to go in. they they're constantly looking, and when they find a guy who fits what they know the coaching staff to want, that's when they say, "Hey, we found this guy." Take a look. We think there might be something here. So that kind of marriage, And you know, you you just, you could appreciate it right from the get go, because I've said this before, Joe Shane and Brian Dable always do their press conferences about, you know, the draft, the start of training camp. They do those press conferences together. One voice, not the GM speaks and then the head coach speaks, two separate voices, You know, I never really cared for that format because it was just too easy to get conflicting answers. And we got conflicting answers a lot of times when they did it that way. So now you just have one voice, no conflicting answers, and it just runs a lot smoother. And listen, you take that approach, combine that with the, you know, we're going to develop and retain and just, you know, keep developing. This is the way a football team should be built, ladies and gentlemen. Not, oh, you know, this guy looks fancy. This guy's a fancy new, you know, shiny toy that we got to have because he can generate big fantasy football numbers. No, 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 This This regime understands that they get it. This coaching staff understands and gets it. And that is a big reason why that the Giants – were able to expedite their rebuild last year, why they will be further along this year, that synergy is so important. And I think it's been an underrated storyline with this team for the last, you know, year and a half that this te- this regime has been here. And it was high time that, you know, it, it was mentioned. And I'm glad that, you know, they were able to talk about it. I mention it because it is just so important moving forward. So, all right, I've got two more points I want to make for you. I'll make them for you after this. Hey, Giant fans, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates, right? So that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I myself have used LinkedIn Jobs to find people for Giants Country, the site that I run over on SI's Fan Nation. And the process is not only super easy, but it's a big time saver. Simply add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it super easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize whom you'd like to interview and hire. So don't spend time sorting through endless resumes and dead end leads. Put LinkedIn jobs to work to you today for free by visiting linkedin.com/slash locked NFL. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Traina. Happy to have you with us and a special shout out to my subtext community. You guys rock the questions that you have been submitting for our private video, our private blue and a video have been awesome. Please, if you have questions, you guys know how to get them to me. You know, it's a secret, you know, secret just for the uh, subtext community members. And uh, as for the rest of you who want to ask me questions, you can drop them in the comments section below. You can send them to me over on Giants Country. I'll pick them up over there. But, you know, just I'd love to hear from you guys, you know. But uh, I did want to send a shout out to my my uh, subtext community. And I also am working on something. I, I've got to find out if I can do it. But if I can do it, I have something special planned for you for the season. So hopefully I'll be able to do it. I've got to get permission to do it. But if I get it, I think you guys will like it. So. Stay tuned for more details on that. All right. On today's Locked on Giants podcast, I'm giving you some random thoughts, just certain things that I've observed that I've just written down that I feel deserve to be talked about. And I've got two more that I want to cover on this show. And I, it, you know, this one kind of really came to me today as I was watching practice, because I just, I was watching the activity on the sideline. Because what, you know, while special teams was going on and I said, you know what, now that I think about it, this has been going on quite often and I haven't seen it as much as I've seen it this year. And what I'm talking about is I see more and more guys going off and doing individual work with a coach. When I say individual work, I mean like one-on-one or coaching up each other. So, for example, during today's practice, Tuesday's practice, Bobby Okereke, during the special teams drills, was off on the sideline working with a coaching assistant who was acting as the runner, you know, like a running back with the ball high and tight. And Bobby was run, running towards him trying to slap the ball out of, out of the uh, quote unquote runner's hand. And, you know, so he's working on his, strip, his uh, stripping technique, if you will. And I'm watching this and I'm saying, wow, look at Bobby O'Kara you know, working out uh, on that stuff. You know, I've mentioned it before, Kayvon Thibodeau doing extra conditioning and sprints. And it's amazing, you know, because now that I think about it, you watch Kayvon Thibodeau, whether it's blistering hot and humid out or just cool and comfortable as it was on Tuesday, that dude looks as fresh late in the practice as he did to start the practice. So he's doing things, you know, for conditioning. Then there was another time during the drills where I saw a Jackson and Deontay banks on the sideline again, during special teams drills. And a was, it looked like to me um, that a was teaching Deontay banks how to shed a jam. You know, when a receiver tries to jam at him, you know, to, to knock him off his path, and and outmuscle him. And it looked like dory was teaching him, you know, little uh, techniques to swat away the hands and stay in control of the jam. So, you know, I, I made note of that in my, you know, my practice report over on Giants Country, but I went back and I looked at some of my other notes and you know what? There's been a lot of instances where we've seen that probably more so this year. I, than I can remember last year or in years past because some coaches, they're like, okay, when special teams is going on, pay attention. You know, we want everybody paying attention. Well, there's going to be guys that aren't playing special teams, and you don't want any downtime. You don't want any dead period where guys are just standing around, twiddling their thumbs, looking and saying, well, I'm never getting on special teams. So, What do I have to, you know, care about this for? No. I mean, they, they do if they if they don't have anybody who can, you know, help them with stuff, but you see a lot of guys doing little extracurricular things on the side and folks, that's how these guys are going to get better. You know, picking the brain of a veteran teammate, working with a coach, practicing a technique. You know, I've seen Evan Neal, for example, go up against uh, Andrew Thomas a couple of times where, you know, with the stance and it's, it looked like Andrew Thomas was coaching him up, you know? So just little things like that. So important and so underrated. And I think they deserve to be mentioned because, you know, look, in a game of football, obviously, the little details are what counts. And it was just good to see the giants, you know, the giant players working on that. You know, and there are other examples, you know i could I could probably do a whole show on you know other examples, but those are some of the ones that really stood out. And like I said, I wanted to mention that because I thought that was a very underreported yet important thing to make note of regarding this team. All right. I've got one more item on my list and I really like this one. I really do because it tells you a lot about this Giants team and its attitude. And that simply is the Giants are going to be themselves week in and week out. You know, call them the underdogs if they're, you know, not favored in a game. Call them, you know, whatever you want. The lesser of the teams, you know, the weaker of the teams, the little brother if you want. They don't care. You know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. They don't care. This Giants team collectively has a swagger about it. There's confidence oozing out of the pores of these players not cockiness, confidence. They're modest, but yet, you know, you watch them go through drills. You watch them go through, you know, the team part of practice, the seven on sevens. And you just see such a difference. You just, you watch them and you say, wow, they look like, you know, a team that believes in themselves. And, you know, what what's the old saying that if you want to make it, you gotta start by believing in yourself. And once you believe in yourself, others will start to believe in you. That's what we're seeing with this this football team. The confidence, the swagger, you know, the the commitment, the you know, they are who they are. They don't wanna be labeled. They They don't care what you call them. You know, some people call them the pretenders or like I said, the little brothers or whatever. This is the New York, you know, these guys, they are the New York Giants and they are starting to look like the New York Giants. And you old timers out there like me, you know what I'm talking about with the New York Giants. Think of the 80s team that have, you know, the swagger and the confidence and, You know, when they set foot on the field, you knew that they were ready to battle. You knew they were going to, you know, beat you up if you were the opponent for 60 minutes of football. That's what you're starting to see with this team. And that was a quality, believe it or not, that you really didn't see until, you know, Dable got here. You you know, other coaches talked a great game. They talked about smart, tough, dependable. Words. This team's doing it. You see it. It's hard not to miss. And this team, if everybody stays healthy and this team, you know, carries all this stuff over to the regular season, oh gosh, is it going to be fun to watch this team? Are my Monday shows after a game going to be fun to do? All right. And it's high time, folks, because the dark days, I think we could say the dark days are over. And I know I can't wait to go through the season and see how this season unfolds and how this team continues to mature. Because I think finally we can say that this New York Giants franchise is on the right track. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this edition of the Latin Giants podcast. Thanks so much for listening or watching on YouTube, uh, making us your first watch of the day, watching us. Keep it here all week long. Like I said, we're going to have more shows. I'm going to try and get you a couple of guests on uh, Saturday. Obviously, we'll do the Jets uh, wrap up. At some point, I will do a roster preview show. I've just got to make arrangements for that. So we'll work all that stuff out. Plenty of stuff coming up on the Lockdown Giants podcast. Hope you will join me for all of it. So until next time, everybody, thank you for tuning in. I'm Patricia Trada, and I will see you tomorrow.